Welcome back, everyone, to the Memory Jogger podcast. This is Jason, and he is Wyatt. Yes, I am. I'm over here on the East Coast, and so is Jason, but he's like Southeast Coast. I don't know what we're going to call yeah. it. But... It's north, north versus the South, almost. Almost. But uh, <laughs> we appreciate everybody tuning in and uh, watching our uh, YouTube channel, if you prefer to... Uh, consume us that way but uh i thought it would be fun wyatt to do a special episode uh we just talked about halloween and uh all those tv specials so uh why not let's have a let's have a memory jogger special episode yes for the listener yes i know right i know that we had discussed talking about nickelodeon and that will come about but uh we kind of had a, an impromptu kind of half impromptu half planned <laughs> vacation more like a boys weekend yeah away yeah and basically we try to get together each year just for kicks and giggles uh last year we got to go to retrocon in uh, great oaks pennsylvania which is uh near philadelphia and that was a a, a real fun experience we also got to uh, to meet up a couple other times. Just uh, circumstances worked out, just through some uh, personal events and stuff that we got to see each right. other a couple more times. But uh, didn't get a chance to go back to RetroCon in 2016. You actually had your family vacation plan during that weekend, and uh, yeah. I was sulking uh, ever so loudly uh, <laughs> as you flew you overhead to go to Florida. But um, I could hear him. <laughs> this seems to be a tradition. We didn't intend it to be. About three years ago, my wife gave me a birthday present. It was kind of a belated, but she, our birth, my birthday present was to fly down for a weekend, three-day weekend, to visit Jason and his family. Mm-hmm. And because we flew into Atlanta three hours away from Jason, he's like, well, let's make the best of Atlanta. So let's go find something to do. And he had <laughs> found AKA junk. So we went in and, and really probably salivated over all the cars he had. Yeah. Um, and that was almost impromptu uh, as well, because I, I saw a story on one of the Atlanta television stations, maybe WSB uh, about this guy. And it's, it's basically a guy out of his own garage and uh, well, several garages I'll say uh, at his residence that uh, makes custom cars, m- mainly based on TV and uh, movies. And uh, he's actually got some other ones that are more like screen-used stuff, uh, I, I want to say. <laughs> uh, he had the uh, the Eleanor car from Gone in 60 Seconds. Uh, we got to see Kit. We got to see Mater, a real-life Mater. That was pretty cool. We got to see Herbie. Yeah. We got to see the 89 Batmobile. We got to see a general just starting to uh, come together, generally. Right. Uh, we got to see uh, Bumblebee from the first Transformers, the old 70s Camaro. Uh, we saw Luke's uh, land speeder from Star Wars that was actually mm-hmm. a, uh, I think it was like a converted boat that uh, he had, I, I, I think it was um, maybe in a parade float or something. Right. He had made that for, 
We got to see the mystery machine. So we got to see a lot of cars there. Uh, just out of a, a phone call and uh, him gracious enough to uh, open up his garage there. And then, uh, what was it, a, a year before that, during, uh, I think it was your your trip to Montgomery, when my in-laws were still living in Georgia, we went up for Thanksgiving and got to go see uh, Covington, Georgia, where the Dukes of Hazard was filmed. Well, the first five so episodes, all these, but yes. Well, yeah. true, true, true. But um, all this to say, you know, as an extension of our memories, we have uh, got together to really live out our uh, our memories of the 80s and childhood through uh, these cars, through, you know, going to filming sites, going to conventions. And uh, with uh, this being one of my uh, big birthdays, turning 40 this year, I thought it'd be fun to try to get together uh, before then just to hang out for a weekend. And I had on the map circled this uh, museum in Jackson, Tennessee. It's called uh, Rusty's. TV and Movie Cars Museum, I believe, is the official name. And uh, it's kind of out of the way from where I drive to like go to Pennsylvania or go to see any of my relatives. And didn't know, you know when I was going to actually get there. And uh, I messaged Wyatt about it. And we had talked about maybe getting together in October. And things just worked out to uh, essentially do our little excursion right before my birthday and uh he was able to fly in from baltimore over to nashville and i drove up to nashville and we made a weekend of it yeah. and the, the planning was part of the fun i think <laughs> it pretty much was because you know i i uh for lack of a better term i haven't really been focused um i've been focused at work with a lot of things so my leisure time really has no focus. Uh, so we get there and it dawns on me after we arrive that, Oh, you know, what's here? Freaking cooters. And he's say, like, Oh, we gotta again. be, we gotta go visit there. And I'm like, well, yeah, I'm, if I have to thumb a ride, I'm going there. And I'm like, I wish I would have planned this better, thought it through because I had a, I had a, I had a baseball cap that was signed by Enos. I had a glossy photo that was uh, had the entire cast, the original cast, uh, with James Best before he passed away. I had him sign it, uh, unfortunately, through the mail. I was in Korea at the time. But uh, nonetheless, I was like, should have been thinking, maybe there, someone's there, I can have them <laughs> sign it. But uh, anyway, so it was really, we didn't plan this out like, okay, today and tonight, we're going to do this and this. It kind of went like, you know what? Well, we just got in. It's noon. Yeah. You want to go grab lunch and then do something? And it was kind of like, yeah, let's go grab lunch. And then it turned into, well, the arcade doesn't open till noon. Um, that's exactly what kind of how our weekend was, was. What do you feel like doing? Uh, well, this doesn't open till this or that. Uh, <laughs> let's just go here. Well, I wrote down several things places uh, just out of a whim that you know this kind of being a flashback weekend and uh, and going to this car museum that was basically the only place I had circled 
that we definitely wanted to go to and uh, actually reached out to the museum beforehand. But uh, I just wrote down a bunch of places. I'm, I, I'll say I'm new into comics. I've started collecting comic books probably two or three years ago. And uh, I've been trying to push wide into that uh, realm more and more. And then I, you know, I like to go to, uh, I like to go thrifting. I like to go to thrift stores and antique malls and Goodwill. I like to look for just that, you know, dig for vintage stuff and uh, collect that kind of a thing. And then I got an idea. Let's, let's see if we can find maybe an arcade or something. I was looking at bowling alleys and stuff and I found this awesome arcade in Murfreesboro, which is, uh, uh, it's probably about 25 minutes, 30 minutes outside Nashville. So uh, we decided we were going to go. I drove up on Thursday. So we met up on Thursday. We decided we were going to go to the museum on Friday. So I looked at my little uh, itinerary, well, su- pseudo itinerary here. Yeah. And we saw that the arcade didn't open till noon. So I picked him up early. We ended up going to... I think it, I think we went to Rick's Comic City first uh, oh, yes. in Nashville, and there was a little thrift store actually right beside it, so it worked out good because they opened actually not till like eleven, and we got there early. So we went and looked through this uh, thrift store, didn't really find much of anything in there, and uh, went over to the comic shop. We bought a few comics. That was cool. It had that uh, Star Trek sound as you walked in the door. Remember that? It was like a oh yeah. Uh, it came off the uh, yeah came off the, uh, one of those little communicator faux communicator communicator looking things yeah so you had that weird sound as you came in you're like whoa cool and the first thing staring at us remember was that Optimus Prime box that, right. that holds the comics right that's, and we were both fact, like oh <laughs> well that's that's we actually saw that in the window prior to going over to the thrift store we're like oh this is so cool look at there right so that yeah. kind of so we were anxious to go in yeah exactly <laughs> we were anxious to go in and then we spent i don't know had it been close to 40 minutes 30 30 40 minutes just kind of flipping through the art the comics landed i think i landed was it there i landed one of the mask i think you, i think you did i came yeah. out with a few comics uh i found a G.I. Joe yearbook that I bought uh, from the original Real American Hero series, which I've been collecting. And uh, we also found uh, some cool vintage stuff back in their glass case. Oh, yes. Uh, in the corner, we saw a, uh, is it Jetfire from Transformers? Yes, Jetfire. Mint, mint in the box. Yes. I think they wanted a couple hundred bucks for that. So we got to oogle over that. And there were s- several... Uh, uh, statues and and everything up on a, on the shelf above all of the comics that we were looking through, and uh, so uh, yeah, we made uh, a few purchases in there, and then uh, we rolled into uh, Murfreesboro from there. And uh, I was let me tell you, I was excited. Why? <laughs> from what I had read online was that they had like twenty five pinball tables and. I think it was about 75 arcade machines mm-hmm. and uh, air hockey and, you know, just uh, an arcade basically. 
And right, but what baited us really was that you paid a a very I'll call, I'll call it a humble uh, cover charge. Yeah, cover charge. Yeah, it's really what I, I'm trying. I was trying to fee, say just fee, but um, and it was ten dollars, and you played however long, and they even gave you a band that you could walk out and come back in for that and come day. Come back, yeah, yep. So it was it was phenomenal, and some of it was nostalgic. As we walked through, we saw a lot of classic games like. Pac-Man and Donkey Kong and a few, but I guess initially, and I'll be honest, I was slightly disappointed only because my heart was set on <laughs> Jason finding Heavy Barrel and me mm-hmm. finding Capcom Bowling. That was those were the two go-to games for us. If you've listened to our initial podcast, that's where we; those were our two go-to games when we went to our beefs yeah. hangout. And, and we only got essentially half of one of those games. <laughs> yeah. We, they had an older, well, I'm sorry. They had a newer kind of bowling game that we tried that just really wasn't into. It was uh, kind of hard to play with the, the track ball and the, the curving and stuff. I don't know. I just wasn't into it. No. And uh, they did not have heavy barrel. We did learn that they are uh, working on getting one in there. But they did have, I believe it's called Gorilla War, which had that same setup with the joystick that could uh, rotate 360. Right. And that and was something we learned from, grenade, the, but... from the gentleman there. We learned that how many how many times people the, the, the arcades would actually buy an actual cabinet. And the cabinet was interchangeable. So they would right. put different siding, different, you know, the, the glass top where you'd see the name of your game and it basically they just change out the ROM chip and that was essentially all you did there was a few exceptions right. but that's all you really did so that was fascinating to learn you know I, I guess I'm naive thinking well you have to buy a whole new cabinet for Pac-Man a whole new cabinet for <laughs> this Pac-Man you know that kind of thing and here it sounds so simple that yeah that makes a lot more sense than me uh, thinking right, that right. way but it was fascinating nonetheless the whole in the whole episode that we were there we didn't realize until we were like you know what how wow it's been seven hours that we've been here <laughs> playing video games and pinball non-stop. machine non-stop that's about it non-stop we didn't we really didn't stop i the the, the pinball machines were I'll be honest, they were, they gravitated me over towards them a lot. I yeah. would go out, play a couple arcades, and then I'd be like, no, no, I got to go play pinball. pinball again. Yeah. They had some really good ones. I mean, and, uh, you know, I went through uh, probably 75% of the arcade games there, but I kept getting drawn back to the pinball games as well because they were just so awesome. But what was the first game that you went to in there? Do you remember? Oh, I think we actually wasn't it nineteen forty two that we actually went to first and played that as an intro game and then kind of branched off from there. No, because I went straight to Contra. They had Contra and Super Contra side by side, and that's what I played first. Oh, that's right, you did. So where did I go? Um, I went down the aisle. I wanted to start with uh, Donkey Kong. I uh, played mm-hmm. that first. I kind of went down, not all, but I kind of went down the row there. I went from it to Popeye to 
there was a Super Mario Brothers, just like the NES, which yeah. I didn't even know they made an arcade game style for it. Uh, I did learn that they don't have the cheats, yeah. you know, the, the jump to a warp zone on that one. <laughs> um, what else did I do? I mean, we just kind of went through the game. I think I went through like three yeah. or four games, and then I would draw myself. Actually, no, I take that back. You drew me in after that. You're like, hey, you know, the boys and I play this game over at the Chuck E. Cheese. It's the Batman, oh, or actually yeah. the Batmobile driving. Great. Oh, man, I want one of those at home. Um, <laughs> and- That's exactly my thoughts. Choosing all the Batmobiles you want to, you know, drive. Well, I was addicted cool. and, and very, I guess, jaded. I had to drive my 66 Futura Batmobile. Mm-hmm. Um, most of the time, I finally did change gears, as it were, to, to the Tumblr just to see how it worked. It actually drove better on the game. <laughs> the the Batmobile, the 66, was like, it literally was driving like it had a true rocket boost. Like, it was jet oh, engine, cool. which, you know... It, and in theory, that's what it's supposed to be anyway. But right, right. when you make a left-hand turn, man, you're like power sliding and, you know, yeah. trying to get it to, you know, straighten out. Whereas the tumbler cool. actually seemed to actually corner and actually go like a car and actually had the grip to it. I was actually amazed that they right. put that uh, algorithm in there. I would think, well, if one yeah, does one, yeah. what, does it this way, they're all going to do it this way, so... Well, I, I gravitated to the 89 Batmobile, and it was kind of the same way where you got the boost, but you were going around the corners. It was real slippery, where the Tumblr, you're just almost barreling straight forward. But yeah, that, I mean, that was a fun game. And uh, we, we played some games together. We played, like you said, I think it was 1943 is the one we played. And we almost yeah. almost played that all the way through. I mean, my hands were getting tired after that. <laughs> yes, they were. Uh, we we went through several several levels of 1943, and then we found this. Uh, I think pretty much the only shooting game I played was the one from the 90s uh, with Aerosmith called yes. Revolution, where you're uh, shooting uh, Uzis side by side, and then you have a little thumb. It's it's basically the same setup as uh, Operation Wolf, if you remember that one. Uh, you got a thumb trigger for the CDs that you shoot at yeah. these guys. And you're hearing, you know, Aerosmith and Steven Tyler telling you what to do during the game. And uh, I remember that one being in the Clearfield Mall. So we we played that one together. We went through several levels on that one, too. I think we got to the yes. point where we're like, okay, let's get on something else. Right. And then you started playing the Turtles. And yeah. I came in a little bit late. And uh, we went pretty much all the way through that game. And that's the four-player cabinet machine. Right. And we, we ended up having to switch over to the other turtles to complete it. Right. Uh, I think I we picked did. out. We beat Shredder at the end. Yeah, we did. That was actually fun. I think we picked out Leonardo and you had Michelangelo? No, I had Donatello at first with that long bow staff that was throwing guys. And yeah. Then, and then we both switched over to the guys. You, I think you had Michelangelo and I had Raphael with the smaller. Oh, that's right weapons right and then but uh that was fun then when it came to the pinballs it was hard not to be jaded they had a new newer ghostbusters pinball machine so uh, we had to go really start out with that one just to hear the you know the ghostbusters right the sounds and yeah all the the bells and whistles it was great the only one the only minor complaint i had with it was they would start the ecto-1 siren but it was like uh, not even a second 
and that was come on <laughs> at least get the whole siren going but um they had they had such a good variety though oh yes they had so uh, many games old and new i mean they had some classics one of the ones i remember was the haunted house mm-hmm. uh, that has a, a mini table kind of sunk down in the middle of the machine and if anybody's ever played the ghostbusters pinball app on your you know phone or tablet it's basically set up that same style uh the the one that we played that was there was just you know newer it wasn't the same uh, setup but they had the classics over there and then they had a nice mix of newer ones uh, with those kind of, I would call, uh, 80s, 90s tables, like uh, the Adams Family. Um, right. They had an Elvira table. And then uh, Indiana they Jones. had, well, Indiana Jones, yeah. They had uh, Terminator 2. They also had uh, Dirty Harry. And those ones you are the ones where you shoot the pinball to start. You have like a pistol grip. Right. Uh, which I thought was really cool. But yeah, I think we both agree that Indiana Jones might be the best one that was there. Yeah, we had, and it was a newer one because it had the crystal skull mm-hmm. in the machine as well. But it, you had elements of every movie, and of course, my favorite part was the multi-ball, right? Because the uh, the Ark of the Covenant would open, and like four or five pinballs would just roll out, <laughs> and you're like, "Oh my gosh, she's almost overwhelming," uh, but it had all the the lines and the you know sounds and everything from the movie, it, it, that was a really fun table, and my oh, yeah. and my I'll call it my one B favorite was <laughs> uh, the ACDC table. Oh yes. Oh, it and we're gonna release a video. Basically, we shot at each uh, little location we went to. Uh, we'll release that on YouTube so you can see some of these games, but. It felt like there was like six subwoofers right up underneath that game. It was so loud. Yes. And as you played it, the whole thing just vibrated. I mean, it was awesome. And then you got to choose like between, it must have been a uh, maybe 16 or 20 songs uh, that you could play during the game. And then if you got to a certain part of the game, you could change the song. And I mean, it was just a great table. I spent a lot of time on that one. Yes, <laughs> I think I played every song. <laughs> uh, I'm trying to think of some other ones that were there. Right beside that was a Metallica table. It was okay. Uh, what were some of the other ones they had there? There like, were some. I did like the Adams Family. They actually had Thing, the hand of oh, Thing yeah, that, that would was come cool. out. They would it would lock one of the your pinball lock it in this basically a corner where you know if you did anything to it like to tilt you know you jack it up but you'd see thing come out of a box grab it with a little magnetic end and then it would retract it back into the game and then it would eject you know elsewhere on the on the board yeah. so that was actually kind of cool to see that was very cool yeah it was there was a lot of interesting pinball machines the variety the different tracks uh, yeah. how everything was laid out it was really impressive what what was there and they had a lot of newer games too. They had that the dance. I'll, I'll butcher the names like Dance Fever or something. It was one of the new dance yeah. ones. Uh, they had the Fast and Furious. They had two of those actually. One was the mm-hmm. Drift, and I think one was just the regular Fast and Furious double right. player. Yep. Uh, There's a lots few other ones. Games. Yes, lots of racing games. But 
but I would say it was probably by arca arcade rating. It's probably sixty percent eighties, maybe touching early nineties, and then the latter was I would call it your two thousands and not yeah. games. They had a lot of a lot of classics there. Uh, yeah, just going down that one road was uh, uh, Frogger, Cubert, Dig Dug, Joust. Tempest, Star Wars, Space Invaders, uh, Paperboy. We got to play that. That was fun. Yep. Uh, going a little bit newer, like 90s, was uh, NBA Jam. Love me some NBA Jam. So they had a couple other sports games. They had all of the Mortal Kombats and Street Fighter. There were several Street Fighter games. Uh, I didn't really get into those. Uh, in the back corner, I, I went through a whole game of uh, Golden Axe. That was one of my favorites. That was in the Clearfield Mall. They had uh, Dragon's Lair. Wow, what else? Oh, Double Dragon and Double Dragon 2. Kung Fu Master, which I remember playing. I mean, there was just... Uh, there, the the selection was just awesome. All different yes. types of genres. And what, and what is impressive is they still had far more is sitting in storage. They rotate them out as they get yeah, them. That's just uh, insane. And they also, and they go through auctions and, and so forth with this, with what they buy. So it's, it's fascinating. They would say if they have something that's either very high maintenance or it was a game that, you know, after whatever their time frame was, that just was not getting played well. Yeah. Time to go. And they right, throw right. something else in. So it was, fascinating how they you know how they ran their business yeah and the guy was more than willing to chat i think we him and i chatted for almost a half an hour just talking about <laughs> what we do you know what how you and i grew up and then he was telling us about the maintenance and how oh, newer the, games are i'm sorry go ahead the the environment too i mean it's it was basically like a cave it was so dark in there they had that oh, yeah. crazy carpet that you remember, and then they had the black lights. So there's several pieces of artwork up on the wall on that one side that just lit up with those black lights, and then that carpeting with the stars and rocket ships and stuff that were down there. Right. Uh, it was just, uh, it was like stepping into a time machine. I mean, it was really great. So uh, we, I, we can't say enough about it. And uh, no, we'll highly recommend if you're in that Murfreesboro area. To look up Flashback Arcade, they do have a Facebook page uh, that you can check out. That he said that they update pretty fre uh, frequently. But um, yeah, let's. I guess let's go ahead and keep moving because we're gonna be <laughs> yeah. we're gonna be here on the arcade and uh, and living in that. But uh, seven hours uh, later, uh, we headed back to the hotel. I did bring my NES along, so we got yes. to play some NES in the hotel. We played. Uh, some Mario Brothers, and we played Spy versus Spy. We played uh, MTV Remote Control. We had a little trivia battle on that one, and uh, we did play a little bit of Contra. I think we did go through Contra. Yeah, so uh, yeah. over those couple days there, we had some good times, and we also played the board game hotels at the hotel, which was awesome. <laughs> and then uh, we played. We pulled out uh, one of our other favorites, which was Payday. We uh, went through uh, six months of that, I think. And then uh, there's another card game that's kind of lesser known, I would think, called uh, Mileborn, where you're the... It's basically uh, 
uh, car stuff. Uh, you're trying to, it's almost like skip by with cars and you're putting uh, out of gas on your opponent and he's trying to find gasoline to keep driving and you put down miles and you go to like, a, what is it? A thousand miles anyway. Uh, but then uh, we went back the next morning was when we went to uh, this car museum, Rusty's TV and uh, movie car museum. And that's in Jackson, Tennessee. He is uh, very much the collector. He uh, was telling us he had several, several cars that uh, he rotates out, basically just like the arcade. Uh, He'll put some new ones in every once in a while into the museum. Uh, Ones that we didn't see, he said that he had, was uh, the A-Team van. He has the uh, Fall Guy 4x4. Oh, he has uh, the Green Hornet. Several, several cars back at his uh, garage <laughs> or storage facility. Uh, but the museum, it's uh, it's kind of in town there. Uh, you drive up. We drove up to the front and uh, pretty easily, easy to find. It's like a white and red building. And from what I tell, he puts a car out front. So uh, to greet you with. As you uh, as you pull up to the museum there, and uh, we we were really anxious to get there. It, it was about a uh, hour, maybe an hour and a half, hour and forty five minute drive from our where our hotel was below Nashville, and uh, we had an awesome chat on the way over, and we're anxious to go inside the museum. Uh, I want to say there was maybe what maybe about twenty twenty five cars in there. Yeah, it's probably at least a good two dozen, yeah, cars that were there. Yeah, we uh, we pulled up and we were greeted by uh, Bumblebee from the first. Basically, that it was about the same one that we saw a couple years earlier, the uh, the old seventies Camaro at the beginning of the first Transformers movie that was uh, sitting out front. Right, and I know he is. He he switches that out too. What is uh, what is parked out front? Because I have seen the eighteen van pictures of the eighteen van out front and, and some other uh, different cars there. So I know he switches that out. But uh, when you walk in, you get to see all these uh, awesome little collectibles. The from the Hot Wheels collectibles to yeah. to models and the RC cars. That was fun to uh, be greeted with. Uh, and then we walk in and uh, man. It's it's almost overwhelming for for us who really appreciate the cars, you know, and we kind of grew up on most of these, and we were in that era where the supercar was you could just wrap a whole show around a a super vehicle, you know, right? Knight Rider, Airwolf, and uh, and even you know every show had their own a car that they drove around the A Team. You think of Simon and Simon, you know, each of them had the, their own little car that they drove around in or, or truck. You know, we grew up on these. We grew up in the era where, you know, the cars were as much of a star as the, the actors in some of these shows. So, you know, when Rusty was talking, I think he was kind of surprised at some of the stuff that we knew about those cars. 
it probably compared to the normal person, you know. <laughs> right. That was the thing that was cool because he actually toured us through every car and told us about it. So it was great to have that yeah. personal touch is probably the best way to put it of, of his appreciation of what he's acquired over the years. Right, right. And, uh, you know, there were several there that he purchased probably through an auction that were the car, the original car, you know, one of a kind, that kind of a thing. Right. And then there's some other cars that were essentially custom built either by him or through somebody else that he acquired the cars and uh, basically just to showcase, uh, you know, like right. for instance, and then the there was a few, right. And then there was a few that were actually just, they were actually used in the film, but they might be a screen car. So they might've been used for the cameras or right. they might've been used as uh, well, like the Batmobiles. The re- well, we'll g- give that a perfect example. The Wayne's world car that he had, the pacer. Uh, oh yeah. He, you know, they roll up in it. I think that's the one that they actually roll up to, Hey, do you smell bacon? You know, that scene. Yeah. Uh, but it, it even told the tale that it sat out on the universal lot for, years and people were picking it apart basically to say oh i got a part of garth's uh pacer yeah. or whatever the mirth so, mobile yeah yeah so, i mean it was the same same story like the the, the one of the original uh DeLoreans. DeLoreans. Yeah. so it was really cool how he toured us and showed us about each car yeah uh, so let's let's walk through a little do a little quick walk through and again we're going to release the video so you can uh, essentially see the entire museum if you want to on YouTube. But you walk in immediately on your left was these two BMX bikes from the movie rad. And he also had uh, some of the uniform and t-shirt hanging there. And uh, there's this big uh, background that says hell track and uh, up on the wall, he had a poster and even a, a VHS copy of the movie, which is uh Pretty sought after. I I enjoyed that movie a lot. I remember watching it as a kid, renting it, and that was fun to see those in there. Aside from you know, essentially a an automobile, having those bikes uh, in there as well. And then uh, right around to the right, there was a, a Fast and Furious car. I think it was one from uh, like the one of the number seven or number eight, one of the more recent ones. Can you remember which what model it was? It was blue, I believe. Don't remember the make and model or whose car it was in the movie. Uh, and then, let's see, what else did we have around that one side? Oh, up on top, he had a vehicle. Yeah. It was like a futuristic vehicle from the movie The Island that starred uh, Ewan McGregor and Scarlett Johansson. First time I had seen one of those. I had seen that movie. It's been quite a while. But uh, it's almost like a futuristic like scooter <laughs> uh, that they ride on in the movie. And then, uh, let's see, what else did we have to the left there, Wyatt? There was, there was Herbie. It was, the, it was a reproduction, right. but it was along the lines of the Lindsay Lohan yeah, 90s it was a newer one. Uh, adaptation of Herbie, right? Actually, then I think there it was, was more recent DeLorean than that. It, it probably was. I know it's just a newer God. movie. Mm-hmm. Uh, then we have, uh, I will call it an unadulterated uh, DeLorean. He had the flux capacitor and the Nike 
self-laced shoes, but he did not do anything to the car as far as making it look like the time machine. Knew. But he did have uh, lights underneath the car to kind of give it that glow. Yeah. But he did. He honestly said, I don't want to put holes in it. This is a fabulous car. I just don't really yeah. want to be cutting it up to it looks great as it is. And he's right. It does. However, yeah, I think it was like low mileage too. And uh, he just yeah. wanted to keep it original, which is, which was great. It was still a great looking car, <laughs> a DeLorean. Right. However, he did have a, the actual car from back to the future hanging from the ceiling. And it's one of the futuristic cars. Uh, he described it as sitting outside the Texaco gas station. Mm-hmm. It was a red, uh, very narrow wheel looking uh, vehicle. I, there was no maker model like we would think of. Right. Uh, but if you see it, uh, especially if you look at our video, you quite easily you'll you'll you recognize the car from the, the I think it's the second movie where they're actually in the future. Yeah. Yeah. So, and then uh, we keep going down that aisle and we come across the world's fastest lawnmower in the world, and that's the Monster Garage Jesse James uh, Ford Mustang. Well. Lawnmower, yeah, that's what it is. Um, <laughs> that was I'd never uh, never even heard of that car. I never watched that show. So I, that was a that was an interesting uh, with those little lawnmower the the blades hanging right. from the side of the doors. Right, I, I had heard of it, but I never got a chance to to watch the show, so I didn't know much more yeah. than I knew it existed, and that's about it. But then we uh, <laughs> well, turned to the right and kind of right. go up that aisle. Yeah, there was uh, an Ecto one, and uh, he even admitted it wasn't the the correct car, or correct year. And you pointed that out pretty quickly with those uh, the taillights not being on those back fins. But uh, it was still a great replica oh, yeah. Yeah. of the of the first Ecto one, and uh, he even had a uh, mannequin there, the jumpsuit and uh, uh, proton pack, very cool. Uh, up next was. The oh, green. the Fast and Furious. Yeah. yeah, from the original Fast and Furious, uh, Paul Walker's, uh, that uh, green and kind of bluish detailed car, the one he actually used in the movie and pretty much throughout the entire first movie. That was that original car that was sitting there, which was pretty cool. And then uh, back in that corner was the uh, Starsky and Hutch Torino. And uh, right. had the light on top. Uh, that was pretty cool. And then we had a few cars back in this uh, room. The first one was the one that uh, I, I actually was taken back because I had not seen it up close before. And uh, not too many people remember the show either from uh, Hardcastle and McCormick. And that's the uh, Coyote X is what they called it. Mm-hmm. And it's just one of those cars that's, um, almost unmistakable. It looks like a life-size Hot Wheels car. And it's kind of that futuristic look almost. And that huge bubble, you know, windshield. And, no, uh, oh, it was just great to look at. It looked like it was yeah. in pristine condition too. Uh, but there were several more in that back room, that uh, some that I had not met before either. Right. There was the, the – he had a replica – kit uh it had the, the sensor light out in front mm-hmm. with a artist rendition of michael knight standing over his buddy <laughs> uh and you walk through the car you know it's 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 a great replica but i've noticed a lot of the 
lot of the places that I, I don't mean any disrespect, Rusty, but uh, they're they're just they don't complete the dash. So it's just a few lights and a few like a um, mm-hmm. plexiglass, and they basically call it good. But I know it's an expensive endeavor too to put the electronics yeah, in. Yeah, so. very. It's it, all of those lights and uh, on the roof as well. A lot to right. put in there, and a lot of people and like me just appreciate seeing the outside of it, seeing that light go back and forth, seeing the uh, the blue night license plate in the back. Uh, it looked fabulous on the right. outside. It, it was a great car, off. yeah, right. And then we come up across Blank Man's motorcycle slash railroad car. <laughs> um, some it was kind of an obscure movie. It wasn't very well advertised, but. Our, it was back in the day when In Living Color was big yeah. on Fox. So if you were any fan of the Wayan Brothers, you probably saw this movie. Right. Because Damon Wayan starred in it. And he's basically a superhero that was, uh, we'll call it a funky superhero is probably the best way to describe him. <laughs> and he turns in, turns his motorbike with a basically a sidecar. And there's actually, it. it is the actual screen used. Damon rode this. Uh, and in fact, it is still working. Uh, according to Rusty, there's a baseball bat that kind of just sticks out of nowhere, right. out of the middle. But that's <laughs> actually it, it was a working handbrake for that bike. That's um, crazy. It was even pieced together because uh, soon after Terminator, the first or second one, second Terminator, had, they were filming at the same time. Basically, is what he said. Right, and so they basically were just finishing up with that scene and they took that Harley that Terminator 2 was using and adapted it to this almost a junkyard style uh, <laughs> bike slash railroad car uh, for his for his scene and you see like a looks like a Volkswagen Beetle bumper kind of thing you see this crate box which actually is what's covering the battery system I think for, for the uh, the car itself the the railroad car of it. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it was a, it was awesome to see that I recognized it real quick. Cause I, I had actually seen the movie. Yeah. Um, I have seen it. It's just been, I've probably seen it once soon after, you know, it came out on video. <laughs> right. <laughs> it was the last time I've seen that movie. And then we walk around and we come across uh, an Eddie Murphy movie car. I had never heard of this. Um, I'm, I'm, in fact, trying to recall what it was from uh it was from norbit and i want to say i want to say that was maybe late 90s when that movie came out but it it was one where you know that kind of nutty professor where eddie's dressing up and uh i i personally i've never seen it either but it was like a purple what was it like a hatchback or something yeah i can't i actually can't remember what the uh, actual car was. It was there, including his costume, uh, basically a, a striped shirt. Yeah. But it was there to complete the collection for that. And then I'll let you have this one because I know this is one of your favorite cars. <laughs> well, yeah, one of my favorite movies, the Blues Brothers Mobile. The Blues Mobile, I guess you would say, uh, was there. Uh, awesome paint job on that. Had the, you know, the the state police or the star on the side kind of marked out like they do in the movie, uh, empty cigarette packs on the dash and that huge speaker on the roof. Oh man, this was just such a great car. 
and to top it off, he had these awesome uh, statues out front of Jake and Elwood. Looked like they were singing it. Well, looked like uh, uh, Jake was singing and uh, Dan Aykroyd there. Elwood was dancing to Jake. But, uh, oh, it was a great car. First time I ever seen the Bluesmobile uh, up close as well. And, uh, man, that was really fun. Uh, and that was pretty much all for that room. You, you came back outside right there was the Wayne's World Mirthmobile staring at you right around the corner that we talked about. And then back in the uh, the corner behind that was the uh, 89 Batmobile. Uh, looked like he – I didn't hear if uh, the, uh, the suit that he had was, like, screen used or something. But he had a Batman suit standing up there. He had uh, one of the uh, the Joker's uh, minions, uh, one of their jackets hanging from the wall. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was eyeballing that. I thought that was pretty cool. And then just to the side of that was a autographed bat cycle from the uh, 66 show, uh, autographed by the uh, creator, George Barris. That was, let me tell you, that's the first time I've seen one of those as well. And that was really cool. Right. It was. Um, and we even joked that he was going to ride the sidecar. <laughs> yeah, he was going <laughs> to ride that back to the hotel. Uh, then I'll let you take it across the way there to your baby. Yeah, this was my baby. It's my dream car. Or if you're any remote fan of mine, you know that I I really want a General Lee. And that's what was there. It was a General Lee. It was uh, Rusty was actually the second owner of that particular replica well, 69 Charger, and he was telling the, the story of how he acquired it, and essentially he bought it from a Duke. Uh, mm. That was the guy's last name. It was, you know, obviously 10 years before the Dukes of Hazard had entered the realm, but he thought it was very neat, and Tennessee Law for Motor Vehicles says that it, it's yours as long as you sign the back of the title. So instead of renewing it and getting, you know, a, a new piece of paper essentially saying that you own the car, he left it. He kept the original. He yeah. kept the original to say, yes, I, a Duke owned, was the original owner of this car. <laughs> now, he said it was even orange. It, it was probably the pale orange, if I remember what the, the color that mm-hmm. they used to make. But he had it, you know, repainted and, and put the right uh, vector rims on it. But he left the interior intact. It's a black interior. He even said that he, uh, I, I kind of was... Probably being a little critical, but I was starting to say how I noticed a lot of replicas do not include the roll bar anymore that they generally used to have. And mm-hmm. for him, it was because he used to take his kids in it. So it was kind of difficult to <laughs> move that seat when you have that bar in the way. Yeah. But he was actually said something about doing a PVC uh, detachable roll bar where it's just exactly that. It's a piece of plastic to. Oh, that would be cool to do it but then we move on down from the general lee to the mystery machine that mm-hmm. is of scooby-doo with a big he had a big stuffed scooby-doo <laughs> toy up front that was a that great was, yeah great paint job on that and then awesome. uh, to finish up well i guess we didn't finish up that side we have uh for my son and any cars fan he had a replica lightning mcqueen out there smiling at us yeah it was actually very, very well detailed. They had the, the stickers correct, you know, uh, yeah. put on. Uh, it was just, it looked like it was straight out of the movie. It was right. uh, very cool. 
And then uh, back over to the other side, we had a couple other cars. There was uh, a car from the movie Death Race. It was a Mustang GT500, I believe. And it had all of these crazy panels on the outside. It just looked like the thing was shot up. And uh, I guess he said they were all removable as they you know, progress through the movie or whatever. <laughs> right. And this but, was actually uh, a screen used. Yeah. Car. This was, this was the one that they used in the movie. So that was really cool. With machine guns sticking out the front and everything. And then uh, down from that, we had the car from the movie death proof. Uh, Quentin Tarantino. It was uh, uh, Kurt Russell's car uh, in the movie, that f- really flat black paint job. And, uh, I believe there's like a skull on the front hood, and uh, that was uh, that was looking sharp, very sharp. Yeah. And then uh, down from that, we had uh, the uh, the Dragula, Grandpa Munster's car, uh, down <laughs> in the corner, and they had a little mannequin of him sitting up in there. Uh, that was really neat to see. And then mm-hmm. uh, walking out the door, we had the uh, the Beverly Hillbillies uh, Buick. And uh, and then right around the corner from that was one of the motorcycles from Ghost Rider. I guess it was actually the second Ghost Rider film. Right. Standing right there. And he had some uh, red lights kind of behind that to give it the little effect, you know, from uh, being on fire. That was really cool. But uh, that was that's pretty much Rusty's Museum uh, as we saw it. Uh, he, he swaps them out. He had some other cars that we just did not see. We wanted to see, but uh, just uh, he just didn't have the space for it. And uh, I think they even said at one point they rotate them out. They're looking maybe for another place uh, eventually down the road to display those. And then uh, I, we did get handed a uh, a little card that they're going to do a comic con there. I think in Jackson, and he was going to uh, take several of those cars to this. Uh, I can't remember what the exact name of it. It was like the Southern Fried Comic Con or something like that. Kind of hinting at the uh, the Southern heritage there in the near future. But um, we would highly recommend uh, checking that out if you're close to Jackson, close to the Memphis area, uh, or even you know Nashville. Like I said, it was about an hour and a half or so uh, drive for five bucks to get in. Definitely worth it. Definitely worth it. So, uh, so after that, we uh, what did we do? We got a bite to eat. We uh, we hit another comic shop that wasn't wasn't that great. No, uh, I don't think we actually uh, even bought anything there. Um, no, because they actually marked it up. <laughs> <laughs> right, right. I think we went back. We did hit another comic shop that night that uh, actually had some mask items. They had, uh, of course, we're big into uh, the uh, mobile armor strike command, but uh, I found Mm -hmm. a few comics, but he had just got in a haul of uh, toys, including some uh, figures still on the card, which was really cool. And uh, we were, I was considering uh, blowing my budget on, uh, on the uh, Matt tracker and miles mayhem carded, figures and decided to pass uh on that 
but uh, that was a pretty cool place. They had the their whole uh, Magic the Gathering set up there in the back that they were playing yeah, yeah. Uh, when we were there. But a very well organized store uh, that was right there in uh, in Franklin near our uh, our hotel. But uh, we got up the next day before we went to Cooters. We hit this awesome store oh, yes. in Nashville called The Great Escape. Would highly, highly recommend this store. They had everything, dude. They had records. They had tapes. They had vintage toys. They had just tons of comic books. They had video games and video game cartridges. Everything from Atari to Xbox One. You know, I mean, it was... It, you just didn't know where to look in the store. At least I didn't. That's, that's <laughs> the best way to, you know, we kind of, uh, Jason was more methodical than I. I kind of did the zigzag going from thing to thing because it was just so overwhelming is probably the right way to put it because you yeah. come in and on your right is pretty much the cashier, I'll call it platform because it's actually kind of extended. Mm-hmm. But they had stuff on the, hanging on the walls. On your left was all... It, it was very organized, but there's kind of like their music on display. So you had mm-hmm. your CDs and a few of your single 45s in that area. And then as you moved back, you kind of – it really opened up into this uh, oh, yeah. very, pretty much, uh, you know, shoot the dart and hope, hope you hit something because <laughs> you got tons and tons of records galore. On the left-hand side, there was – uh, bookshelves of, of old uh, old newspaper, old uh, tall magazines. magazines. Yeah. If you yeah, if you remember the tall ones, I'm talking like newspaper tall that were actually magazines. Yeah, Life then, magazine that kind of thing. Right, and then uh, I'll go. I guess from the wall out the left hand side wall, you had mm-hmm. the books on comic books, <laughs> or yeah, books on collections and and so forth, and it was just. Exactly, wall to wall of just all that. He actually had some posters just before that of things. Uh, just, oh, I you know, missed that. Uh, yeah, there was all types of posters. Some were a little pricey, but they were all like various, various con. There was a newspaper, older newspapers like uh, uh, that were world events, like when the Japanese mm-hmm. attacked Pearl Harbor. They actually had a paper of that, and they had the price. I can't remember what it was, wow. um, and so forth. But they had just books and books of you, what you might see at Books a Million. Yeah. Comic book volume. That's what it the, was, really. Yeah. And then uh, just collections of comics. And then there was probably 20 long boxes of comics that were 49 cents each that I went through every single box, just picking through and seeing what I could find. And uh, I came out with, uh, I don't know, probably about 25 to 30 comics total uh mostly out of those bins but i did we did find uh one of the uh revolution uh comics with the variant cover of mask on it that i really wanted mm-hmm. uh well you found it and i was like oh yes thank you and then in that back corner was all those like vintage toys and they had some on a shelf and there were some in boxes just loose and then they had figures that were uh, in these little uh, baggies, uh, for lack of a better word, uh, that were all marked. And before I go any further, the pricing in this place was very fair. Very, very, very fair. fair. 
We, uh, they, from, they could have easily asked double for most of the stuff oh, that was yes, in there. Yes, yes. And I've seen them, you know, people, just stores and antique places around here charge double for what they were asking on a lot of this stuff. But man, there was some awesome, you found probably the, uh, the, the pick of the, uh, the whole time we were there, the two hours that we spent there, <laughs> you found a Pee Wee Herman uh, figure. I yeah. couldn't believe that. I was and, so jealous. I like, I, yeah, we, we, there was a lot of Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles and I'm talking the eighties mm-hmm. figurines. Uh, there was a few He-Man, there's a few others. You found uh, the Michael Knight figurine. Yeah. But luckily I still have mine. I just don't have kit. Uh, I don't know <laughs> where he's at, but, uh, but yeah, I just ta- stumbled upon it. You were thumbing through the boxes and you found a transformer that neither one of us remembers. It's uh-huh. a little tiny, purplish tank but you also found a great almost a great find if it wasn't so deteriorated yeah snake mountain yeah snake mountain was sitting up there it was pretty well corroded and you know where they have that microphone that you used uh it was uh it was corroded and you could tell that there's just no chance of that working but i thought it was a pretty good deal for 12 bucks uh if i was more into uh, collecting masters of the universe stuff I would have definitely walked home with that. Um, they had a whole wall of Star Wars stuff. And uh, I found this uh, kind of rubbery plastic uh, 89 Batmobile. I, I'm still trying to figure out what it was from. It looks like maybe it was from a toothbrush set or something. I don't know. Uh, snagged that for a dollar. And, uh, oh, man, it was great. And then you found, well, probably the the, the find of, of the uh, the time we were there was what you found behind the glass case up front, which was a right, mask vehicle. The, yeah, well, I found Firefly nearly complete. The only thing is that it's missing from you, the, the expert collector, is the missile. <laughs> right, and there a lot of those are missing that little, it's so tiny and small, that little bomb that drops out the back, but it was in great shape. Stickers were great. Came complete with the figure and the mask. Uh, right. Great deal too. Let me tell you from uh, yeah, the years I spent. Uh, yeah. The years I spent peddling those on eBay. It was a great deal. Awesome deal. Right. But working around this, this store, they actually had a couple record players set up in different locations for you mm-hmm. to listen to those records. They also, in that same area as you walk around uh they had eight tracks and an eight track mm-hmm. player that you could buy if you still wanted to get <laughs> into that they had regular our what we would call our radio audio cassettes that we remember they actually had uh a collection of playboys <laughs> yeah, in the back corner yeah and i'm sure current i don't know uh <laughs> but they had that they had bhs's galore tapes of anything oh, yeah. you wanted. And Tons then, of DVDs, too. I mean, it tons, was just yeah. a lot. And then that the far right wall was the game wall. So yeah. you had the Atari, the NES, the Super NES, 64. And like Jason said, it goes up to the newer era. We had the game, you know, the... the PlayStation, oh, Xbox. Yeah, yeah, those ones. Uh, and then the, at the very bottom of those shelves... They actually had pieces of stuff where you found a NES controller. There were two mm-hmm. NES guns. There's just there was so much oh, in yeah. that store 
And um, we could have easily spent another two hours in there. At least I could have. Uh, <laughs> yeah, we could have. It was in, and, and like I said, most of it was still reasonable, like the NES games. We were looking at them all, and they were three, six, maybe nine. The only one that was expensive, except for the ones that were in the glass case, right? Um, was that heavy barrel. It was eighteen ninety nine, I think. Yeah. And, Luckily, I already own a copy, so I was good to yeah. go there. But even in the glass case, the only reason they were there is because they were complete. They actually right. had the box, the sleeve, and the actual game itself. Yes. Yeah, true. They had some complete ones there. They also had some that are just uh, rare. Go, the going rate for, you know, like Contra, Super Mario Brothers, and Legend of Zelda. I mean, they're 30 to $40 range anywhere. So, of course, those were behind right. the behind the glass. But great place called The Great Escape. Highly recommend checking that out if you're in the Nashville area and you want some vintage stuff, whether you're a music fan or, you know, toy collector, comic books, video games. I mean, it, they just have it all. And uh, we uh, we actually filmed a little bit of our haul uh, in that video. So uh, get a yeah. chance to see that. And then uh, before we called it a weekend, we headed over to Cooters, uh, which is right over pretty close to the airport there. And uh, the uh, Grand Old Opry, awesome little section of town right there, or the city, I should say. Um, you got Cooter's Place. Right next to that is uh, Willie Nelson's General Store. We uh, uh, looked in there for a minute, and uh, that was interesting. You're greeted by a like a fortune teller. That's uh, Willie, and uh, he'll tell you, you know, the secret to life. Just for uh, some uh, American currency, there, I believe, is what he said. <laughs> It was funny. Uh, he, just, you know, he says, just give me some money and I'll tell you yeah. my fortune or something like that. <laughs> and then there was but, like a live uh, live country bar next to that. And there's several eateries nearby. We ate at one. Oh, man, that was a great place. It was like uh, being at a hunting camp. And they had like an, a, a live catfish pond inside as we uh, ate our yeah. lunch. That was really fun. Really great experience. But, of course... Being in the actual museum was pretty great. And, uh, of course, like all museums, you pretty much step right into the gift shop and you get to peruse, you know, all of the uh, the collectibles and stuff there. But right off to the side of the gift shop, well, actually, let me, before we go through the museum, sitting out front is uh, a General Lee. And right in front is, uh, is Cooter's tow truck. It was just that's you, you walk up and see that, um, you know, you, you're immediately taken into Hazard County. Uh, yes, <laughs> just sets the atmosphere for uh, for the museum. But anyway, so you walk in, you get through the gift shop. Right off to the left is this awesome setup of a kid's bedroom, and just everything you can think of that's uh, Dukes of Hazard, or you could put it Dukes of Hazard on. Is in that kid's bedroom. The bed sheets, the curtains, the several toys on the floor. They were playing the Dukes of Hazard cartoon <laughs> on the TV. Right. Uh, you just kind of—I don't know. I took about three pictures of that room. I might try to do like a panorama of the whole thing because it was just awesome. <laughs> uh, it was. But the museum itself was just—it was mind blowing. That to really. Me. It, and you're you're the a best fan. Way. You're the fan. I'm you the fan. Have, you have been 
I, I've accused him of having a Dukes of Hazard shrine in his house because, you know, like he said, he's got autographed memorabilia and uh, several cars and, and the whole nine. He even has his Dukes of Hazard napkins from one of his birthday parties back in the day. So he yep. is like a Dukes fan through and through, and you were blown away. I'm blown away as a not even as like pale in comparison. <laughs> Uh, first off, let me correct, clear the air. The napkins I haphazardly found. I don't know how I've had them over all these years. Oh, okay. okay. So, so I haphazardly found them eons ago, and I've now I've toted them ever since, yes. But it was a haphazard <laughs> coming across them. So, But anyway, the museum, uh, when you enter the museum room, right on the right-hand side, there's a few seats there. And you can literally sit there and just watch an episode of the Dukes of Hazard because they have it playing right there, which was just, mm-hmm. I mean, I figured they'd have it since they have the Dukes cartoon, but right. it's just a funny, it, to me, it was comical to see that. Like, hey, pull up a chair and watch some Dukes. Yeah. You got to jog your memory before you, you know, try to go through this museum. But you are walk you walk right into just glass enclosure displays of, when you think you've seen everything, Dukes, you haven't even seen everything that's Dukes. And I'm you the guy that scratched the surface. No, and I thought I've not been to this museum. I thought I knew a fair amount, and I know like two percent. Uh, <laughs> it's just I didn't know that they had a Dukes of Hazard guitars. I did not know that they had uh, the Dukes of Hazard little driving thing. Um, Pedal cart. No, well, the pedal car I knew about, but what I'm talking about is that little, little, uh, how do you even describe it? It's the, it's a little battery. Dr- you remember the, the back in the day when you, you drove your little ba- uh, car with the lights? Uh, it just sat on your tabletop. Your oh, yeah, yeah. The little, yeah, like a yeah. simulator. Yeah. Basically, yeah, if you call it a simulator. <laughs> but it was a, but they had a Duke's, a General Lee simulator, I guess, driving yeah. a simulator, complete with a CB radio sitting on top. So you, you know, you know, calling the sheep, calling the shepherd, and uh, and so forth, and just the amount of cars, which I love the General Lee. This is like in excess. Yeah. Uh, but it was it, a lot, man. There was a lot that was there, and it was awesome to see it. Uh, what they had, and then the, if you go in their back room, I'll call it. You, uh, you still see more. Dukes of Hazard stuff, obviously, in their in their cabinets. But what you see initially is a replica set of Cooter's place, the Cooter's garage, rather. And then there's a, and that was one I think was donated by someone that built mm-hmm. it. Uh, I follow, yeah, that was. I follow a generally or a Dukes of Hazard fan club, and I remember seeing pictures of him putting it together piece by piece. And I think he mm-hmm. donated it there. Then there's another town set in addition that someone else has donated. There's a mural in the back wall where you see uh, Sorrel Book, Boss Hog. And then you have, at the other end of that wall, you have Denver Pyle, Uncle Jesse. And those were the actual same images that they, I don't know if they did the same images for Sorrel. Mm-hmm. One of the movies, they actually had uh, Denver Pyle as his parting uh, memorial, uh, because he had passed away just before the second movie, just before the first movie ended, um, 
or just after it, I'm sorry, the 1997 reunion movie. Mm-hmm. Uh, but anyway, so you have, after that, you have Daisy's Jeep sitting there. The life size. Yeah, autographed by her. She says, I think this is her favorite Jeep. Mm-hmm. Um, and then next to that, you have, I'll call it the earlier model of the uh, Dodge Monaco Plymouth Fury uh, Roscoe car. Most people, if you're the Duke fanatic that I am, the headlights are the round headlights. So people would assimilate this as being probably painted up the green and white, which would be Sheriff Little's car. But I know how rare those cars are since they Hollywood love to blow those things up all the time. <laughs> so I understand how rare they are. Except I found one on Craigslist I want. Um, <laughs> hint, hint, this is my Christmas wish, fans. I'm kidding. Um, then you have uh, Boss Hog's Caddy. Oh man, that was awesome with the horns. It was fabulous to see. That was that. the first time I had seen that car. Actually, pretty much first time I've seen all of those cars except for the General mm-hmm. up close like that. And uh, if you want to pay a little bit extra, you can get your picture made with the cars sitting, uh, you know, behind the driving wheel while you were yeah, there. Yeah, you know, now I kick myself because I should have paid. It was only ten bucks, and you get into you can take your picture inside the General. I don't think they allow you in Cooters because it his seats look pretty yeah, rowdy. Pretty, pretty bad. He's been sitting there a while. <laughs> yeah, but um, but then you you know you basically get to sit in four cars, get your picture taken. I paid ten dollars to get my picture taken at a General Lee replica back in ninety seven ninety eight, St. Louis, mm-hmm. and that was one car. Of course, the caveat yeah. was I could climb through the window on that one. Uh, <laughs> Slide across the hood. Uh, I don't think uh, I, I don't think Kuda would like that very often. <laughs> but, but anyway, uh, then you wrapped around yeah. that whole display, and there's actually they opened a kind of a small store that is Daisy's, and it's Daisy's store by Catherine Bach, and you see her apparel, her uh, the long jean skirt and the, and the short skirt, um, which doesn't look as short as I remember on the movies in the show. <laughs> I, I was wait. I did actually look. I did casually look to see if we'd find the short shorts, and I didn't see them. I, my, I, I might have mixed I them. Didn't see it either, but but man, the the best part of that little part of the store mm-hmm. was that mural in the back, made out of Lego, and it's one of her iconic picture poses from that era yeah. in her. Uh, you know, one of her Daisy pinups. Duke. Yeah, yeah, pinups made out of Lego. It was it was great. Right. And uh, I got some pictures of that. We'll put that, you know, on one of our blog posts. Right. But, uh, as, oh, you know, that, you was come, a, that was a really great time. Right. And as you come back around, you come back through the same room. On the left-hand side of the wall, they have a roof, just the roof of a General right. Lee that they've cut up. And it has the – it is a re re-applicated, uh Dixie flag, but it's a General Lee, and you have Tom Wopat signing it. Underneath is actually parts from one of the original General Lees mm-hmm. in a glass case, as well as a, a small, I'll call it upholstery. I don't know what part of the upholstery, but it's from the original farmhouse. I don't mm-hmm. know if it's like the carpet or maybe one of the couches oh. or something. And you forgot about Uncle Jesse's uh, door to his house. No, He's that's in, in the, the other room. room. Yeah, that's, that's back room. in the other room. Uh, but they also uh, had a door. They also had a car door um, hanging on the wall. Uh, one of the O one doors, 
and then the, you can actually buy a coin, five dollar coin, generally, or just as Cooter's Place or what whatnot. And again, a whole display plethora of generally cars. They actually had a contest, so you see all the artwork uh, mm-hmm. from kids. Then you go back into the room that you originally entered into, and again, it's just it's a walk around display of everything, everything, Dukes. Uh, you have the photos of all the cast members, uh, even photos of the behind the scenes, all the crew that worked on the Dukes of Hazard. Mm-hmm. Uh, you see like the Hazard Gazette and some other stuff. Uh, scripts. scripts, scripts from the show. Yeah, yeah. Pl- plenty of scripts that he kept. Uh, and then you do come across the original door from Uncle Jesse's farm is there. Yeah, that was pretty cool. And that farm I think to this day still stands, but it's in like very deplorable conditions there in Georgia, yeah. but it still stands as far as I can recall. And then you, again, the next room is just even more. Yeah. Dukes of Hazard memorabilia that, that they, they've sold. And I am just blown away. I knew they had a fair amount, but I did not know it was on this level of what it was they crazy. had. They uh, had, they, they, they had a pack of, uh, of bubblegum cigars that were mm-hmm. with Boss Hog on the on the wrapper. I and mean, the, it was just crazy, right? And they they you know you pointed it out. They at the in that little narrow as you're coming about where Uncle Jesse's door is. There's there's a display of the birthday stuff. So mm-hmm. you have the birthday plates. You have the napkins. You have the tablecloth. You have the cups. Everything that was that what a birthday party would be. That was in there, and you joked, "Hey, there's your yeah. napkins." I'm like, yeah, those are them. <laughs> yeah, and then uh, right next to that was uh, was Roscoe's uniform. Yeah, uh, they had that behind glass. Uh, one of his uh, screen used uniforms there, and a stuffed uh, Flash yeah. dog uh, right down below there. I thought that was funny. And then if you walk back into but, the basically the store side of it, if you look up. You see a big wheel. Oh, yeah. And I did have one of There's those. There's the big wheels up there. I, that was crazy. I, I, oh, you did? No. I had a generally big wheel growing up, and I wore – I had it, and I had, I think, a Knight Rider one. And I wore the wheels oh, – I wore the front wheel out of one of them. I mean, wore the wheel out. <laughs> I don't remember that at all. That was probably before we had met. Probably. That you those. But they That's had that. Crazy. They had a bicycle that looked more like a motorbike. Mm-hmm. Uh, look, uh, there was something else hanging up from the wall or on the ceiling. Yeah. I mean, there's just, uh, again, if you had it as a kid, it was in there. Exactly. And you could, you know, it take you might, might take you a while to find it, but it was in there. Right. It and, was and, just crazy. And Cooter, Ben Jones, bless him. He, he has gone out of his way to make sure that that store stands. And in fact, he's, he's gone over and above. He has another store in Gatlinburg and there's a third one. in I think it's called Sperryville. I'd actually have to Google it just to make sure I'm saying it right. Mm-hmm. It's in the Virginia side. Of, okay. of it. He, but man, that was a, that was a great way to end the trip. It was a perfect way to end the trip. And, and I wish I would have thought about it. Of course, luckily no one, none of the cast members were there to, to miss the opportunity, but I would have liked to, you know, brought my stuff and have, you know, just stumble upon, Hey, yeah. Catherine, uh, you mind signing my paper? 
my autograph photo. Yeah, that was so it was, it was nice. a, we had a great time. Uh right after we were done with that, we kind of sat down and just shot a video of of our uh experience there and uh kind of of the whole trip and everything. And uh right. that was it, man. Right after we visited Cooter's place, it was off to the airport and uh off to the highway to uh to drive back. But man, what a weekend. What a if there ever was a weekend to uh, to jog your memories, this was it, man. Yeah, and, <laughs> and it. just so I can correct and clear the air, it's called Luray, L-U-R-A-Y, okay. Virginia is where the third store is. There's but yeah, this was. I've drove past it. But this is a this is a fabulous trip, you know. I we don't get to see each other. We actually we get to see each other more often. It seems lately. And, right, uh, but this has been, you know, I, I was looking forward to something to do, a break from uh, reality, <laughs> and this was a this was a great yeah. weekend. And I don't know what what our fans like to do to get away. You know, sometimes you have to think back of what your what did you do, what did your, uh, right. call it your your teenage years entail. Sometimes you just have to reach back to to get yourself recentered and that's kind of what Jason and I have been doing is recentering ourselves in a way that we are in the future we it's not like we're we just stay in our past and just live in the past so to speak sure but you know we can find happy times or we can just uh find ourselves well actually you know doing some fun stuff by like posting blogs and now podcasts just right. telling our side of what we used to do as kids. And we know a few of you out there are have done similar things. It may, might be the arcade and then cruising downtown. Or it could be uh, Duke's Hazard may not be your thing. It might be, who knows, um, Simon and Simon. Something like that. You guys have that connection. And that's what yeah. we're just trying to do. There's a connection out there, a way to, you know, this yeah. is, uh, we don't have man caves. We have guys weekends and we just go and have, have a blast for a day or two. And yeah, uh, yeah, it's good to, and it, it's good to travel. It's good to kind of get out of the house. Yeah. Uh, I w- obviously I would love a man cave to, uh, to display and to just, you know, stick an arcade game, you know, in there and be able to do that at home. But uh, if you're, you know, if you're looking to, to play some games like that or uh or just uh find some uh locations where some of your favorite movies were shot uh see some cars or memorabilia something like that those those types of places are out there museums and yeah. uh, this arcade i mean more of that stuff is coming back as we are getting older as the 80s continues to rise you know, again in popularity uh, and all these reboots, remakes are happening in Hollywood. People really rediscovering their childhoods. A lot of these places are popping up uh, more and more. You know, thrift shops and collectible type stores, that kind of thing. Uh, there's several, several uh, just vintage collectible toy stores that I follow on like Instagram and on Twitter. I know they're out there. Got a couple circled on the map too, Wyatt, that uh that we might need to visit in another trip. 
Uh, but that those kinds of places are out there, and we encourage you. You know, if you have been to some of these places, maybe what we can do for uh, for this time is uh, you know just write us a little note to the uh, the show notes of this podcast, either on Rediscover the Eighties or on YouTube. Uh, some places that you visited and just kind of stepped into the past like we did this past weekend. Just tell us a little bit about that and, you know, we'll, we'll read them back on the air. But uh, that's what we're all about. We uh, we don't just talk about it. We live it out, man. That's it. <laughs> we, uh, we had a great time. It was a great weekend. Uh, so thankful to our wives and kids for letting us get away for a few days and uh and just be us again you know basically right but uh anyway i think that's uh let's go ahead and wrap this up and uh we appreciate everybody listening to our little road trip to 40 journey in this uh special memory jogger podcast we will be uh on to nickelodeon next we promise but uh we wanted to, to let you know about this and uh Go check out the video. Go check out the pictures. That'll be up on Rediscover the 80s. And uh, see some of the stuff that we've been talking about on this podcast. Right. And that really does it. Uh, Again, we welcome your comments and memories. Please, uh, if you have not yet, please follow us on Twitter at RD80s or any of the social media networks as Rediscover the 80s. And obviously, you can always reach us at RediscoverThe80s.com. Thanks for listening. Thanks. This has been a production of the Rediscover the 80s podcast. Visit rediscoverthe80s.com to find our show notes for this episode and others. Join us again next time for the Memory Jogger podcast. Hey!